Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM at 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. What are you grateful for this morning? Tissues. Oh. <laughs> you environmental vandal. I know, but I just, I can't figure out, I was thinking about this last night, I have a runny nose, I've had it for like a few days now. Even if I had a bunch of hankies, I'd need like a lot of hankies, because I've got a lot of stuff coming out, so... Yeah, hankies last longer than tissues, though. They can hold more stuff. Yeah, but they don't have to wash. I have to have like a hundred hankies in my pocket. It doesn't. I don't think it works. Mm. Yeah, I'm so I'm great. I'm grateful for tissues. What are you grateful for? This I time? am. I well, my 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 um, oldest son had a, uh, a a really special experience. He is travelling to the beaches of Normandy. He's a history buff like me. He likes modern history. I like uh, medieval history mm-hmm. and ancient history. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's travelling to the beaches of Normandy in France, and he's been giving a um, a personal tour by a man called J.D. Rommel, who's okay. a Frenchman who lives over there. And uh, J.D. Rommel is um, the primary creator, um, scenario creator for a my son's favourite board game. Ah, how cool. Yeah, so they're getting together. And, of course, my son, I think, is the world's second highest scenario creator for that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A bit of brag here on my part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, this uh, this particular French guy is like, yeah, come on, I'll show you around. Uh, how exciting. He must so be some, geeking yeah, out. Very, yeah, geeking out to the max. Uh-huh, oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. This is like board game geek just gone on steroids right here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it would be similar to having your favorite film director inviting you on set to have a yeah, little tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, 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 about yeah. it. This is like yeah. a bit of a, that a is celebrity cool. buzz thing yeah. happening here. Oh, how cool, how cool. Yeah. If you want to tell us what you're grateful for, give us a, a text. The number is 0491-064-669. We love hearing about what you're grateful for. Sometimes we even share it on air. But this morning, we do have some strange news. Mm-hmm. It's not the day you think it is. It's not? It's not. We Really? We, we are recording. I looked outside, the sun was shining. I thought it was the day I thought it was. <laughs> it's all a big It's all a big lie, Lyle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a myth. We, we, we are existing in the ether. We, well, in the past. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 24th of July. But who knows what day you're listening to this, because this is actually a delayed broadcast introduction. Yes, we had a phone call this morning from somebody who wanted to comment on the radio segment, and they're like, well, <clears throat> this is actually the delayed broadcast. You're listening to the delayed broadcast. That's not what's actually happening on Faith FM this morning. No, not at all. But you know what? Don't stress because you can actually jump across the live show very easily. Just go to faithfm.com.au and press play on the live stream. Or alternatively, you can download our favorite way to do it. It's an app called TuneIn and it's free to download. You can search for Faith FM Australia. Once again, just press play and you will get perfect signal, surprisingly, around the entire globe. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. 
the hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns. When the man comes around, whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still. Listen to the words long written down. That was Johnny Cash with When the Man Comes Around here on Faith FM and we are going to kick off our quiz today with a clue that Mon's going to give to us. And Mon, what have we got for our first clue of the day? Yes, this is a <coughs> oh, excuse me. This is a who am I quiz. So it's a character out of the Bible. So whip your Bibles out. And the first clue is, which is already up on our Instagram, by the way, our Instagram being Faith FM Live. 
Herod arrested John the Baptist and put him in prison because of me. Mm. Mm. So, who could this possibly be? Do you think you know the answer, Lyle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's not that hard. No, that's not a very hard one. That's yeah. actually a very famous story. It so. is a very famous story. Yeah, that's, 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 you should be able, all be able to get that one easily. 1-800-324-843 is our number or 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 if you know the answer. Now, before I tell you my good news stories, Lyle, there is something we have to talk about. Oh, there is. There's a little party coming up that we need to promote. Oh, a party. Yes. I like a party. Let's go to a party. Yes. Party, 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 party Everybody is time. welcome. Everybody, um, all our listeners, you're all welcome to come along to this party. It's a very special occasion for We're us. We're going to Victoria for this party. Yes. It's we not are. often that I go interstate for a party. I know. I, th- I don't know. I think it might be the first time I've ever had to fly. I'm, going, I'm doing it twice in the next couple of weeks. Twice? Yeah. Where else are you going? Uh, my associate pastor is having an engagement party in oh, Queensland. So I'm going right. one south, one north. Well, this is the 10-year... And I kind of have to go to that one because I can't go to his wedding because that's in Finland. Oh, you're not going to go to that? No, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. You're going, you're going to be in Germany, so how can I go to Finland when you're in Germany? Well, I don't know. We'll just get fun, no? <laughs> <laughs> you can go for me. It's not far Okay, away. sure, not sure. Not far from Germany, just across the ocean. Well, bit. Faith FM is celebrating its 10th birthday. Happy birthday to us, I suppose. And uh, we are going to be having a birthday party on July 28th. So that's actually just in four days. Mm-hmm. What, three days? No, what, hang on. Yeah, four days. Can't do math. It's early. And uh, we're going to be having a, a good old shindig. It's it's going to be at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Nunawading in Victoria. Mm-hmm. So if you're in Melbourne or in Victoria, you can definitely come along. It is at 169 Central Road, Nunawading. <clears throat> Postcode is 3132. And uh, we're going to have all kinds of programming. Uh, Lyle and myself will be doing the morning program. Uh, we're going to do the morning program live right there in the church as yes, a part of the worship service. So indeed. that's going to be really cool. It's going to be very fun. And then uh, also we have Lloyd Grolleman, the Aussie preacher. He'll be presenting as well. And uh, and there's also going to be concerts and uh, and faith stories. So everything that you love about Faith FM will be happening live uh, at Nunawading Seventh-day Adventist Church. So definitely recommend that you go if you want some more details, you can give us a call here. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM. You know the number. Um, and you can also register if you like, and you can go to the website, which is faithfm.com.au forward slash faith, the number four, and then 10, T-E-N. Well, there you go. Mm. We hope to see you there. We'd love to meet you guys, catch up, have a good time together. We'll be absolutely fantastic. And we will, of course, put this poster, because I'm reading this off a poster, and I'm going to put this poster up on our social media. So check out Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter later today. Um, I'll probably have that up after the show. Okay. Our 10th birthday. Let me tell you some good news, Lyle. Yes, what's, what do we have for positively different radio this morning? So, uh, you know how the party's we, pretty good news. Yeah, party is good news. Party's always good news. Um, sorry that my voice sounds like I'm turning old every second. Uh, so you know well, how... Yes. Well. You are turning you on are. Yeah, I, <laughs> I realised as soon as I this, said that. This is how this actually works, you know. <laughs> it's like um, life is, uh, <laughs> you get older every second. Well, okay, so uh, you know how we keep talking about the plastic issue? Yes. And But I think... I think, I think the, we should raise tissues. <laughs> plastic tissues. I think the, the fact no, the that media keeps talking about plastic is actually uh, working in, in that people are trying to figure out solutions and people are coming up with the most ingenious solutions. And just a few weeks ago, we actually talked about the two uh, young ladies who, while they were still college students, found a way um, to 
to reuse cling wrap, which is the most least used, re- least recycled form of plastic because it's so dirty when it gets to the recycling plant, they often just chuck it. There's a couple who has taken it upon themselves to turn ocean trash into prosthetic limbs for kids that only cost 45 bucks. Oh, you've got to be and joking. This, like right. a prosthetic, prosthetic limb, I thought they would cost like hundreds of thousands. Yeah, yeah. So this is Laura and Chris Moriarty. They have no expertise in ocean pollution or in making prosthetic limbs. They just passionately believe that they could tackle both issues with one solution. So they, they ended up... F- um, founding their project, they call it the Million Waves Project, and it's a it's a charity that recycles ocean plastic into three D printed prosthetic limbs. So not only is it recycling plastic, it's using the t- new technology of three D printing, um, and they do this for needy people around the world specifically. So Chris, uh, he was stu- he was struck with inspiration. Uh, just one night back in April, so it hasn't been that long, and his wife was like, yeah, let's do it, and two weeks later, they was up and doing it. So what they do is they actually go down to the ocean and just collect up all the junky plastic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with their own bare hands. Then they prepare the plastic, but they cut it up by hand, and they feed it into a paper shredder, and then from the paper shredder into a 3D printer, basically becoming its ink, so to speak. And after that, they connect um, with people using an app, uh, who need prosthetics, and then they can design the gadget specifically to these people's measurements, and uh, and because it's you know it's cheap, the, the materials are you know mm-hmm. litter. Getting, well, they're getting the materials yeah, for free. Yeah. It means Let's that go down to the beach and pick it up right it, there. Yeah, it means that each prosthetic roughly only costs forty five bucks, and uh, and the varieties not only are they um, you know creating such low cost. Uh, help they're also fundraising so people are you know making donations they have sponsorships and they're also selling um you know key rings on their website and so often they can actually donate the 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 project limb to the individual who for some you know for some people because they do this for people around the world and for some people 45 dollars is a lot of money Mm -hmm. and um and uh, yeah, so they're just they're now working on obtaining a commercial size shredder so they can multiply their production tenfold. As if just been using it like How a cool yeah, an office an office shredder. Yeah, this is just I regular. Didn't you, I didn't know you could just shred plastic and put it and then run it through a three D printer. It turns out you can. How cool is that? It's amazingly cool. These are just regular folk like you and me. Like they're not like like they're just office workers who are like, do you know what? Let's do something about this. And I think that's the best of positive power of media. So, what else can we print through a uh, through our rubbish on the beach? I, mean, <laughs> I know, I know. Seriously, right. I'm just sort of thinking. I'll go for a walk down my road and start printing stuff. It's yeah. just uh, there's plenty of plastic, you know, on either side of the road. People throw it out the window. Just what kind of stuff can you does make? That, yeah, but yeah. What kind of stuff can you make from that? Well, I'm going to put a video up of that couple, Laura and Chris, uh, on our socials, so you can check it out as well. I have another story here. This is um. Once again, coming back to business. Does it show the process? I mean, they need to. They need to. This is the kind of process that I think they should just, um, you know, make a YouTube video on, on. Okay, this is how you make a prosthetic limb from yeah. beach trash. I have a. And that way, other people around the world can do it. I mean, it'd be. I a, have a feeling that prosthetic limb manufacturers might be a little bit annoyed about it, but you know what? The world's a change. They, they should, should be annoyed. Up. Yeah. This they, is what you call um, the best of um, capitalism, right there. Yeah. Amen. Okay, South African beekeeper is running ultramarathons backwards 
so he can help the future no of honeybees. Way. He's running around yeah. backwards. Ultra, ultra marathons. He's running them backwards. <laughs> what? What? The crazy things. Of all the crazy things that people come up but with. But wait, how he discovered how he, how he could do this. So his name is Farai Chimomi, and uh, he's doing it for the sake of honeybees. So he's a South African beekeeper, and he first discovered um, that he had this knack for running backwards um, when he was actually returning home from a bee removal, and his car broke down, and he had like a, a crate full of anxious bees in the back seat pollinating bees specifically and so he pushed as he was pushing his car he found he had more strength when he turned around and pushed the vehicle backwards um yeah so from that point forward he realized that his unique talent for running backwards might be a way to inspire people to think about bees and the plight of bees right now and how you know we're having a bit of an issue with that uh worldwide so he's since run dozens of ultra marathons all the way facing the wrong way and uh, just for the record an ultra marathon is any marathon that is longer than the typical 42 kilometers so what does he wear? Does he wear a hat with mirrors or something or other? I mean, how does he actually see? He doesn't have eyes in the back of his head, does he? I, d- I don't know. I, d- I don't know how not- he's... Yeah, I don't know. But, <laughs> but you like, can imagine... Can you not trip over things? You can imagine watching a marathon and one of the marathoners comes ba- by <laughs> and is going backwards. That would capture your attention, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, it would. They'd be like, yes... Mm-hmm. That it, is something I have not seen before. Oh, he sh- we should get him out here for um, City to Surf or something. Yeah, like that. well, he actually that's a good point. We should, but he's he said it's been proving um, really effective in drawing awareness to the cause, and uh, and people are actually helping. So he runs a bee removal service called Blessed Bee Africa, and uh, and now he's now he's using the funds that he's been getting for this to educate young people about beekeeping and how they can um you know stave off this this sort of death sentence I that we've been handed. Yeah. <laughs> Blessed be Africa. That's He did that, not me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to put a picture of him up on our socials of him running backwards so you can have a, a good gander at that. This is Human Nature. People get ready. There's a train coming You don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is faith On the diesel humming You don't need no ticket, no, no Just thank the Lord There's a train coming You don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is something To hear the diesel humming You don't need no ticket And just thank the Lord And people get ready For the train to join Picking up passengers from coast to coast And faith is the key Open the doors and bottom 
Everybody, that was Human Nature with People Get Ready here on Faith FM. And do we have another clue for our quiz? Yes. Okay, this one, I don't know if this makes it super duper easy. Who am I? Philip was my husband. Nah, that doesn't make it super easy. Okay, good. If you didn't have the first clue, mm-hmm. that would be super hard. Okay, good. What you have to do is find a Philip whose wife is named in the Bible. There is only one. Okay. There is only one Philip whose wife is named. Mm-hmm. That makes it a little bit uh, easier, but this person is not so much known by the name Philip, but known by another name. Yeah. yeah. Give us a call, uh-huh. 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. We will send you the prize if you can get it right. Okay, so we live in the land of wide open spaces, don't we, Mon? Yes, indeed we do. <coughs> don't sneeze, don't cough. So sorry. Hold, hold it in there, hold it in there. <laughs> Keep it together. I will not be sick on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you like living in the land of wide open spaces? I do. In fact, I often talk to tourists and they say the best thing about Australia is how far you can see, which we don't really think about. We take it for granted. Oh, uh, do, you, do you ever feel claustrophobic when you travel overseas? Uh, sometimes, yeah, but very closed in. Yeah, I remember the first time that I travelled to uh, the United States and uh, went on a road trip. 
Mm-hmm. I felt incredibly claustrophobic because you drive from one town to another to another and then there's a big town, there's a city and then you drive and there's another town and there's another city and it just doesn't stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I've always had that sense that, okay, you drive this way and civilization ends. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so growing up in Tassie, you know, you drive towards the west, drive towards the west coast and sooner or later you're going to run out of uh, sealed roads and then you're going to run out of gravel roads and then you're going to run out of walking tracks. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and any time you want to escape or get away, um, you can get out there and enjoy those wide open spaces and it's just fantastic. And of course, here on the mainland, we've got the same thing with the outback. It's true. And, uh, you know, I've worked in the outback for a while and, 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 it's, and it's just great. You know that if you just you just go west and sooner or later you're going to run out of civilization. Mm-hmm. And going to a country where you can keep driving for as far as you want and you're never going to run out of civilization, I felt honestly felt claustrophobic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just sort of messed with my head a little bit the first time I went there as a, um, as a 20-year-old. But it is soon to disappear. The United States is about to disappear? No, our wide open spaces <laughs> are about to disappear. Our population what? is set to double in the next 40 years. That's a new Australian every 90 seconds. Last year, we added to Australia a city the size of Canberra. Are you serious? Yeah. That where was just we, last year. Where did we put them all? Oh, we spread them all over the place. Okay. Actually, we sort of all stacked them on top of each other. Uh-huh. Um, of course, the primary reason is immigration. Because we have a land of wide open spaces, people come here because there's actually space. Yeah, but it's not very inhabitable space. But there is space. Well, yeah. we, we do have a lot of habitable space that is not used. Mm-hmm. You, know, you drive from here from uh, from Sydney to Brisbane, there's a lot of habitable space. Yeah, Actually, you and I used. just came across some of this the other day when we went down to the conference for Sydney and we visited um, a friend uh, out in Moralia oh, area. yeah. Didn't that just blow our minds? Like I know. The last time we I were there, been it was there all, for two years yeah. and it was just paddocks. It was just paddocks. Turned up and there's houses and suburbs yep. with people living mm-hmm. in them already. Yep, streets and it was just, it was really weird. I mean, it was just like paddocks for as far as the eye could see yeah, yeah. two years ago. It was rural. And now it's full. And now well, it's not suburban. not completely full, but it's mostly just suburban. Yeah, yeah. That blew my mind. So that's that's where we're putting them all. Uh, okay. You know, you're wondering where they're all going. That's where they're all going. And that's why our obviously our housing prices are being driven through the roof. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of caught in a v- bit of a vicious cycle because without immigration, we don't have, we're not able to build the infrastructure that we need. But the more immigration we have, the more infrastructure we need. And, you know, you have this situation like, for instance, in Sydney, where when you build a freeway, it's outdated within two years of it being completed. Mm-hmm. And you know, you look at the, you look at okay. So um, in the next ten years or so, um, Sydney and Melbourne are, are predicted to reach the size of you know Hong Kong and London. Wow. But look at the public transport system that those cities have. Yes, and and compare it to what we have in Sydney. Exactly. We, we just don't. We do not have the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing with you know a lot of our immigration, um, there's a, there's a you know a large percentage where we're actually helping out, you know. Um, asylum seekers and so forth and it takes a long time for them and their children then to become you know taxpayers and mm-hmm. to contribute towards these kind of things so it's a um, it's a it's a it's just a uh, it's a mind-boggling crisis that we are um, that we're facing and we are growing at three times the rate of what we predicted in 1997. More than what we so even 1997, predicted. you know, people looking forward. It's not that long ago, really. Uh, people looking forward and projecting the population of Australia into the future, and then planning for that projected population. And three years later, of course, in the year 2000, Bob Carr, the, the then New South Wales Premier, announced that Sydney was full. 
Wow. That it couldn't handle anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so yeah, just sort of um, you know growing like like um, this could crazy. this could really affect us because if you think about Melbourne, Melbourne is consistently voted the most livable city on the planet. But if their infrastructure, like like you just said, you know our tra- public transport system is nowhere near what London and Hong Kong and you know so forth. Yeah, we we face some of the uh, yeah, if the we highest keep sticking cost of people there, housing, the highest cost of housing and uh, longest um, commute times. Of, yeah, if know, we keep sticking people in places Western like countries. Melbourne, it's not going to be much very livable for much longer. Mm, mm, mm. <coughs> okay, so in the next ten years, we need to build. Between just just between Sydney, Brisbane, Brisbane, and Melbourne, we need to build over six hundred new schools, and of course, um, they're moving to vertical schools now. Wow! Uh, because we just don't have the land space to build, um, you know, schools that have playgrounds, mm-hmm. and so they're going up um, and stacking them on top of each other. That's to accommodate over two hundred thousand new students, um, and of course, only fifty six schools are currently being built. 56, that's all? Mm, this is a problem. That's incredible. <coughs> yeah, we're going to have some issues. Okay, and of course, you know, we love our wide open spaces mm. and our large blocks of land. And the challenge that we have is that, you know, now we've got to um, stack people into human filing cabinets, mm-hmm. otherwise known as apartment blocks. Mm-hmm. And we know the effect that that has on society as far, particularly with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, depression rates are much higher in apartment blocks than they are in suburbs. Um, and, uh, you know, the more people can see green things, the more people can see blue things, as in trees and ocean, mm-hmm. the um, the much healthier they are emotionally. Are we even going to be able to build all this stuff quick enough? Because we were talking on Friday when we did drive down to Sydney. It had been a number of years before, you know, um, since we'd been in Sydney, and we were just astounded that the same roadworks that were happening back then seem to be still happening now. And it's like, yeah, that's right. I mean, we built that one, that, that one, uh, you know, uh, train link out to um, Rouse Hill. Rouse Hill is still not finished, and, yeah. and, and the uh, the tunnel on Pennant Hills Road is still not finished. And you know, there's a big project, and there are for years. And it's a drop in the bucket, yeah, compared to what we actually need. Yeah, yeah. We just can't. We, I don't think. I don't think we even have the capacity to keep up with it, even if we've recognised the problem. Okay, so this is just yeah. in Australia, mm-hmm. but this is a worldwide problem because if you look at the 1040 window, mm-hmm. you know, Asia and the Middle East population is just exploding out of control mm-hmm. um, and it's creating actually a global problem which is driving the problem that we have here. Mm-hmm. It explodes out of control over there so the overflow comes um, here to this country and, uh, and and so it becomes actually a global problem. But in the time of Christ, the population of the world was 250 million. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot smaller than the population mm-hmm. of just the United States. It's still a lot of people but… That's the whole yeah. globe. Yeah, yeah. It took 1,900 years to go from 250 million to 2 billion. Whoa. Guess how long it took to go from 2 billion to 4 billion? Twice that? 75 years. Are you serious? Guess how long it took to go from 4 billion to 6 billion? Oh, I'm almost scared to know. 25 years. Oh, no. The next billion? Just nine years. These billions are happening faster and faster. That's right. And, of course, that's the way population explodes. Mm -hmm. Population explodes very, very – you know, you think about a a plant that grows on a pond Mm -hmm. and it doubles its size every day. Mm -hmm. The first day it is 25 millimetres square. The second day it's 50 millimetres square. One day half the pond is full. It's like, well, you know, it's still got half the pond empty. The next day the pond is full. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and that's what we're really dealing with here. Um, res- residents over 65 in Australia will double in the next few years, and over 85 will quadruple. And of course, whenever you get something like this, you get it al- is always followed by mass extinctions. The simple reality is this. Mm. We live in a world where human population, as it is growing right now, is unsustainable. Because humans are incredibly thirsty for resources. Mm -hmm. And it's a sign that Jesus is coming soon because our world simply cannot handle the population that we are creating right now. Our world is going to come to an end. And Jesus is going to bring it to an end. And that's actually really good news. This is uh, Matt Minicus with Clint McCoy. I need you every hour. Give us a call if you have an opinion on population growth. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. And I need thee, oh I need thee, every hour I need Now my Savior, I come to Thee. Promises in me fulfill. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM. I'm recording this down at Digital Discipleship Convention in Sydney, and we have a special guest joining us at this particular time, Leslie Samuel. Leslie Samuel, welcome to the show. 
Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And uh, Leslie's all the way from the United States just to be here at Digital Discipleship. Just to be here for this Digital Discipleship. That's fantastic. Now, you had a workshop yesterday and all the way through your workshop, Mon was texting me about how amazing <laughs> this workshop was. And so, like, we've got to get this guy on Faith FM. And, uh, yeah, we're so glad that you can join us. I'm going to hand this over to Mon. She's got a few questions that she would like to ask you about digital discipleship, digital evangelism, and uh, and what it is that you're doing for God. All right. Sounds good. Lyle, of course, isn't going anywhere. He's going to stay right here next to us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, do you know what? I was at both your workshops yesterday, and my mm. brain was just exploding with excitement and just all these ideas because you are a digital disciple, which is a, a new kind of phrase. Mm-hmm. But, do you know what, before we jump into uh, what your workshops were about and about digital discipleship how about you tell us a little bit you know about how you grew up where you grew up your introduction into christianity i suppose yeah Yeah, so definitely i grew up on the beautiful caribbean island of saint martin that is where i call home Uh, and i grew up as a seventh-day adventist christian Uh, so i was in the church uh, from a young age i was uh, playing piano in the church that was the thing that i really got into and um, yeah i grew up there until i was about 17 years old, and then I moved over to Berrien Springs, Michigan, and attended Andrews University. Uh, so I've been around Christianity and Seventh-day Adventism all my life. We went to church every single week as, when I was a child. Um, and yeah, that's been my experience. So just a quick side note. Did you say you're from St. Martin? I am from St. Martin. Isn't that the place where the planes go really close? Yes, it is. Have you done that? Oh, I have. Oh, really? Oh, of course. As loud I mean, how as can it? you not do it? <laughs> <laughs> you feel the force of the, the jet engines and so on. It, it's quite an experience. I don't recommend it. It's not very safe. <laughs> but if for some reason you want to be a little crazy, it, it gets interesting. For our <laughs> listeners who have no idea what we're talking about, it's a, it's a beach, right? It, yeah, it, the, the airport is right by a beach. So mm-hmm. the runway goes right by a beach. And you can stand on the beach as the planes are coming in and you feel the, the, wow. the, the force of the engines and all that stuff. It's, it's quite an experience, it's but true. I do not recommend it. There's a sign <laughs> that says you shouldn't do it. <laughs> it's totally on my bucket list. <laughs> okay, so Berrien Springs, Michigan, incidentally a town I've lived before myself. Oh, cool. Yeah, but um, at what point did you decide, you know what, this, this religion thing is not just something my parents did, it's something that I want to do as well. Yeah, so uh, you know, I grew up a Christian and um, you know, going into high school and so on, you experiment with all kinds of different things. And um, it, all of a sudden, Christianity was what you did, but it wasn't necessarily what the cool kids were doing, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I, I had all kinds of experiences where um, the Christianity thing was the thing that you're supposed to do and what your parents say you're supposed to do, but it really wasn't a a conviction inside of me until Mm -hmm. later on in college. I remember it was an, an interesting experience where I left the biology department and for some reason, absentmindedly, I found myself walking to the bookstore and I went into the bookstore and I stood in front of a book And that's when I realized where I was standing. And I was like, wait, what am I doing here? And then I looked, there was a book in front of me that was called 30 Days to a Stronger Prayer Life. So I decided, well, I don't really know why I'm here or how I got here. I guess I'll just pick up the book (laughs) and see what happens. Uh And over the next 30 days, that book took me on a journey through prayer that transformed so many things in my life. And I think that, w- that was like one of the pivotal moments that I could look back to and see that 
something changed. Mm -hmm. God did something in me to make this more than that thing that you learned from your yeah, parents and yeah. at church, but that thing because he is living inside of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So do you have like an affiliate link for this book? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Lyle, you don't know this, but Leslie Samuel is actually famous. I am? Really? Yeah. Wait, I didn't even know this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, great news. Yeah. <laughs> so Lyle's wife, actually, she's Insta-famous. She has like ah. a squazillion followers on Instagram. A squazillion? Yeah, wow, that's a whole lot. She's a talented photographer. But Leslie here actually started blogging because you just had yeah. mentioned that you had left the biology building. Um, so you were actually studying biology, right? Yeah, I studied biology and I did a master's in neurobiology. I started teaching at a high school. I wanted to become a university professor, but I didn't want to do all the research involved. Uh -huh. uh, so I started teaching at a high school and, you know, things kind of evolved from there. And you started a blog. I started a blog because I wasn't a professor, but I wanted to teach that kind of stuff. So I started my biology blog where I could teach what I would be teaching if I were a professor. Uh-huh. And you ended up teaching millions of people. Well, I don't know what, well, <laughs> over, over, over the years, yeah, yeah millions of yeah. people. Because, you know, you've made videos, you've made tutorials. Yep. What's the, what's the, just on a quick note, what's the highest viewership you've ever had for one single video? Uh, I saw it yesterday and it was at about a million views on that one video. See, Lyle? Online celebrity right here. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you have one, like a Facebook one that went like to four million? Oh, so that was, a, that, was a, that, that was actually just like a fun video I posted uh -huh. of my son uh, playing the violin when he was one year old. <laughs> and, and four million views and later. And four million views later. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I've just got to butt in here for a second. A one year old playing the violin? One year old. Uh -huh attempting to play the violin but looking as if he's really into it and he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. I, I can find this on YouTube? You can find it on Facebook. On Facebook? <laughs> Amazing, gotta look that up. Okay, so you started a biology blog uh -huh. and this changed the path of your career. It did. In fact, you, you, you've ended up selling this blog, haven't you? Yeah, I sold that last year and that blog actually, it's what landed me a job as a professor at Andrews University and mm -hmm. I did that for three years before I left to blog full time. So this blog was basically like tutorials, you know, teaching. Teaching, is you it know, like biology, biology, biology um, physiology um, for people that don't feel as if they can understand it. But my Some idea like is, <laughs> <laughs> my idea is that uh, a, a, a child should be able to understand neurobiology mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. it's explained in the right way. Mm -hmm. So that was the concept. I wanted to make biology fun for people that wanted to understand it. And uh, did you also have the intent of making biology biblical? Um, not as much. That wasn't the main focus. Mm -hmm. um, however, I, I was very intentional about um, not getting into very controversial topics, mm -hmm. um, like topics on evolution and so on. I didn't want to deal with that mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. If I did deal with it, I, of course, would approach it from a creationist perspective, but I wanted to kind of avoid the, the controversy in that area. Because mm -hmm. you don't want to get lost in that. Yeah, yeah. no, it, I mean, there's so much online that can mm -hmm. go in so many different directions. I didn't want to be involved in that. So you sold your famous blog, your famous biology blog, <laughs> and you've actually started another one. Yeah, I, uh, the, the other one that I started, I started quite uh, actually soon after I did the biology blog mm -hmm. because I was sharing my journey about blogging and how you can take something that you're passionate about, whatever that may be, and how you can share that with the world. Mm -hmm. 
And so you've actually come here to Australia all the way from Michigan. Are you still in Michigan? I'm still in Michigan still right Michigan. now. You've come here all the way from Michigan. And uh, you're at this digital discipleship conference and you're helping, um, you know, the, the, I want to say the young people, but some of us like me am attending. I'm not that young. <laughs> but uh, you're helping. Um, young at heart. Young, yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're helping the young and the young at heart. Um, be better at digital media mm-hmm. and, uh, and so they can better get the message out there, whatever their particular ministry's message is. And so you've come and you've done um, workshops here on how to, how to blog effectively. Yeah. And, uh, and this is your business. So your, your blog is how to blog, basically. Yeah. And, uh, Becomeablogger.com is what ooh, it's called. Okay, so yep, it's very, yep. it's very um, clear what it's about. Yes. And uh, I learned a lot yesterday in both the workshops, you know, which is why I made that joke yeah. about affiliate links and this kind of thing. <laughs> Because, you know, it is great that, um, you know, a lot of ministries struggle with funding. Yes. And, uh, and it would be wonderful if they could get more funding. And so it was really empowering to hear your, your workshop about how a ministry can get more funding through the use of a blog and, and you know, how to monetize it and get funds. Yeah. And um, you also have a swag of clients and you help them blog as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, my concept is very simple. Uh, blogging and the internet technology allows individuals to be able to put their message out there. Um, and I believe that we all have the ability today to create content, inspire others, and change the world. I also believe that there's a lot of junk that we find on the internet. And we need more Christians, Seventh-day Adventist Christians, to be out there sharing content with the world. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to empower people to be able to have that positive impact because I think we have the greatest message that the world needs to hear. So why not be out there? Why not be the content creators Mm -hmm. that is putting stuff out there and helping others? I think we need to be at the forefront of that. I think I think uh, one of the reasons why I think what you're doing is so important is because, it, from, from my understanding, the gospel's never changed, but the way we've packaged it and presented it has changed exactly. when culture and times change. So we're no longer doing the John the Baptist, you know, wearing like leopard skins and you know preaching in the desert kind of a thing. We're now all online, and so presenting and packaging the gospel in a way that would honor God is, yeah. is really important. And what's interesting to me as well is, you know, I've been in the church my entire life, been involved with all kinds of um, like music ministries and so on. And quite frankly, I feel as if with what I do today, I'm doing more ministry than I've ever done because I'm living my life and I'm, I'm, I'm demonstrating what it is to live in this field that I'm in as a Christian. And it opens up so many conversations that I would have never been able to have doing what I've been doing in the past because now you're in front of the entire world. And I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten from people asking me questions like, you're a Christian, aren't you? And then it leading to interesting conversations that I would have never been able to have before. So I think it's, I think it's such a powerful force and the more we're able to be out there in a positive way, the more we're able to share what we know about the gospel with the world. Absolutely. You know, Jesus tells us to be fishers of men. And so we have to go, you know, if you're going to be a fisher, you've got to go fish where the fish are at, right? Exactly. You've chuck your, you know, your fishing rod over the edge of like a, a desert and, you know, see if you can catch something in the sand. You've got to go to the ocean and catch some fish there. And so today, people are all online. Yeah, and it's for better or worse, mm. right? Because there is so much positive online, but there's so much negative as well. So the more positive we can put out there and the more inspiration and the more of the truth that we can put out there, the better. So we have just a few minutes left. 
can you maybe give me your workshop in like two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Which one of them? Uh, give, me, uh, give me the one that you think our, our listeners out there, driving in their cars, driving to work, you know, listening to their radio, the ones that they might find most useful, maybe like the basics 101 blogging. Basics 101 blogging. The, the idea is actually pretty simple. Um, you you, you want to make sure that you have a topic that you want to be blogging about. You know and you're very clear on who your audience is and you're going to be creating the kind of content that's going to appeal to them. Now, a lot of, a lot of um, ministries and organizations organizations when they create content and put it online they put the content online that they want to put online because they feel feel like this is the message but if you put the message out there in a format that people aren't actually looking for mm -hmm. nobody's going to come to it uh, so how can you how can you, th you you need to put yourselves in the perspective of the person that you are trying to cater to whether that's young millennials or uh, teenagers or whatever what are the types of things that they are engaging with online and how can you create that kind of content so that when they find it, they engage with it, they interact with it, they share it with their friends. So basically, how do you bait the hook? Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's the, that's the very important element that so many people that are creating content online, especially for ministries, they miss that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so create it in a way where this is what they're looking for. Um, but then you want to put the stuff in there that not the stuff necessarily that they want, but the stuff that they need. Uh -huh. So you give them what you want so that you can give them what they actually need. So very quickly, if I create a blog, mm -hmm. and let's say I want to create a blog about, um, you know, I love history and prophecy, right? Yeah. So I create a blog about something like that. Yes. And then I post it online. How do I get it so that people will actually see it? even know that it exists. Yeah, so there are a, a number of different things that you can do. Uh, first of all, you want to kind of study up on how to optimize your blog and your content for the search engines. So giving the search engines the information that they want, to, that, that they need in order to list your stuff. But the next thing is, you know, social media is a very powerful force right now. What I recommend for people to do is choose a social media platform that they want to go all in on Learn as much as possible about how to market your blog on that social media platform and then do it. So it's a mixture of optimizing your content, but it's also um, deciding where you're going to be, where your audience is, and how you're going to be sharing it on the, those platforms with them. Lyle, I look forward to seeing the blog that you start now. I look forward to <laughs> seeing <laughs> it as well. <laughs> but yeah, I guess, I guess the first first rule is almost the first rule of uh, preaching consider your audience exactly well thank you so much for joining us just quickly tell me where can we get more information on what you're doing becomeablogger.com is where you can find everything that I'm doing becomeablogger.com we're going to put that up on our socials uh, we here have uh, Facebook and Twitter and there you go we can maybe get some hints from you on how to make our Twitter explode <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put that up on our socials stay tuned for this great song now
said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Lyle, what's with the cake? We're having a birthday party, Mon. Oh, we are? Who's it for? I mean... There's only 10 candles. For the station, Mon, Faith FM is 10 years old. No way. Can I invite my friends? Invite them all. Just RSVP on the Facebook event or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM for more info. That's 1-800-324-843. We'll see you there. Faith FM, positively different radio.